My Mac Podcast 900, Four Men in a Box. Welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 900 in a series of <coughs> 900. Uh, could be more, could be less. We don't really know. We haven't paid that much attention. But to start us off today, to start us off today, the man, the myth, the legend, who started us all on our podcasting journey, and that would be Mr. Tim Robertson. Hello, Tim. That sounds more like a, like you're blaming that. me. Well, it is kind of your fault. Well, I don't know fault. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. It was first my Mac podcast was in 2004. Yep, long time ago. Long, long time ago. And the only person we're missing here is Chad. But I yeah. don't even know if he even does this stuff anymore. Does he even have the equipment anymore? Probably not. Okay, my guess is. But he didn't right. respond well, to the emails or anything either, so. Okay. Well, how dare he? Right? <laughs> Next up, we have Mr. David Cohen. Hello, Hello there, Mr. Cohen. Hello. Wasn't it fun trying to get everything working this morning? So we can talk at some, some length, if you want, about the limitations of iOS as an audio interface. <laughs> um, oh, there's many, many. Plugged it into a Mac and it worked first time. Unfortunately, I don't use a Mac very often, so um, I had to go and find everything and put it all together. And last but not least, the uh, I would say the most junior of us as far as podcasting goes, but uh, we've been doing this now, Gaz and I, for about 615 shows, something like that. Mr. Yeah. Gazmaz. Hi. Hi. Oh, by the way, I'm going to show you my T-shirt. There you go. Keep calm. And let the Wookiee win. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm usually referred to as a Wookiee. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you weren't winning today, were you, when we first come on? I but was not winning we'll, at all. We will not dwell on that because I'm used to it. You should be after 600-plus shows. <laughs> uh, actually, no, 600 or 700. It was 285. Okay, you know, let, let's Who's go. Who's counting? Who's counting? Uh, obviously, I am. Yes. Obviously, I was counting. Your OCD so, kicks in. About what? Just about everything. Okay, well, we're going to start off with uh, with Tim, who is going to uh, to explain to everyone how this all started and kind of the, the, the genesis of the show going up to about, what, show 100? I guess, yeah. It actually started started back in uh, 1999, believe it or not. Um, that was when MP3s were kind of really coming into their own. And the idea was um, recording something in MP3 format and putting it on the MyMac website. So anybody could just click the button, it would play in quick time, and you could hear audio. And I actually recorded like an eight-minute demo, if you will, and sent it out to the entire MyMac staff, which I don't know if you were a staff member in, in 99 or not, Guy. No, I wasn't. I joined like 2002, 2003, yeah, something that sounds like about that. Right. Yeah. And um, I had lost that file years and years and years ago. And Russ Walkowicz found it. He found the email that I had sent it out. 
and uh, he called it Tim and Vince podcasting, which wasn't accurate. But um, in essence, there was an intro music. It was me talking on a, you remember the, I want to say it's Logitech. It was a really dark gray mouse or a microphone that it was this one stick that came out right at you, kind of a sharp angle and had a button on it to start, you know, to turn on the mic. Yep. So I recorded on that and the music was just playing in the background because we didn't have an ability to kind of combine those two things in 99, at least not easily on a desktop Mac at the time. And uh, I sent it out to the staff and it was really about somebody else doing it. That's kind of where it started. You know, here's something we could do. Uh, We could call it My Mac Radio. It'd play on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'd have ads on it, that sort of thing. And it went nowhere. Didn't go anywhere until 2004 when Adam Curry and his buddy, I can't remember the other guy's name, invented podcasting. Dave Weiner. Yeah. And I couldn't get my RSS feed to work. And it was actually Adam Curry who fixed my RSS feed for this show to start. So we pretty much started this podcast at the dawn of podcasting. There's other shows with higher numbers, if you will, number of episodes out there. Very, very, very few, maybe, maybe five, six shows in existence that started as a podcast that is still podcasting before we did. Yeah. It's, it's been continuous since 2004. This show hasn't been on hiatus for more than, three weeks you know during macworld expos we'd have you know two or three episodes so what happened after you know you you got the show started it was you and chad and i know at one point you actually had a uh tv news crew that came to the house and like interviewed you and chad about uh, about podcasting it was a, a was that a local uh battle creek uh, Kalamazoo, West Michigan, CBS affiliate came out, um, did a spot. I don't remember how they found out about us, uh, but it was a very flattering three, four, five minute piece. It's on my yeah, Facebook Yeah, it, it was long. It was long. It was. Um, and she was, the, the lady who came out the intro uh, actually said, blah, blah, blah. He was picking his domain name when all these other ones were still available. Um and it was at Chad's house. It was um, recording a show in GarageBand, and it was it was pretty cool. I think that was towards the end of 2005, so we'd been doing it for about a year at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the time there was, you had to explain what podcasting was because nobody knew. That's how soon and early we were podcasting. No one understood what the term podcast even meant. And um, it was Chad and I at first, but there was a lot of excitement by a lot of people on the staff. Um, I remember John Nimorowski really wanted to be involved, and he had a segment on the MyMac podcast at the time. Usually he would talk about books and stuff like that. Uh, Guy Searle Who? did um, the Dashboard Minute. That was his contributions to start. Dash Nowadays, if you're a newer Mac user, you may not understand what a dashboard is, but it was basically a secondary screen on your Mac, and you could have these little widgets or apps, and Guy would find the best and the worst apps to talk about. And you probably did that for 20, 30 episodes. I think over 30, because yeah. I was still doing it when you got up to – we. I think we it were was close like to in 100. the 80s. 
Yeah, it was in the eighties when you kind of put the the kibosh <clears throat> on all the different segments because it was just getting what too hard to well, edit them all David in. David and... Cohen was our UK. What was it, David? What did we call you? Uh, I I was your London London roaming correspondent. That's right, because David was new into Max, if I'm not mistaken. I was, yeah. And you had gone to a show and looked at the iMac, right? Uh, yeah, I, I well, basically, I reported the entire show, but I just, I just recently got a Mac Mini and really gotten into Macs, and um, yeah, there was an Apple. I think it was, uh, it was like the UK last UK Macworld Expo, effectively, um, and I went went to that down in London. It was much smaller compared to the American ones, but uh, I went there and recorded some audio while I was there, and. Then uh, you were gracious enough to play it, and um, after that, you kept asking me to come back on the show, so I did. And then we couldn't get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, until I got rid of myself for a time, which and for the fact that the guy still remembers the number of the show <laughs> means that he's still bearing the mental scars. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and so, so that's that was the beginning. David came in. You were doing it. Um, Gaz, on the other hand, was we had a segment where we would invite people, uh, listeners to the show. And I believe that's how I think the first time Gaz was on the MyMac podcast, it was correct me if I'm wrong, Gaz, but wasn't it just you and I? Uh, I think you might be right, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was uh, it was a you you would you having people on. And um, I think it was a, we just timed the week and I don't think there was anybody else on at that time i think that's right um and then and then you invited me back at a late stage with a few more of us um then there was a hiatus before before i i jumped on a more permanent basis but yeah the first time i came on i think it may just have been you and i definitely just talk because i was definitely that so that would have been around 2008 probably the back end of 2008 or mid 2008 because i'd been doing some stuff with mike potter um doing a similar stuff with david really uh like david uh, doing news news and reviews from across the pond is what we called it and i'd just do you i'd try and concentrate on european mac news or apple news if if i could um and so it was a generally about a 10 15 minute segment and i don't know how i picked up i must have sent a comment in or something or said you know i'd like to be you might have put a, a call out because i was i was soaping every mac podcast up that i could because i was being new to the environment you just you just want to learn as much as you possibly can and um so i was just soaping everything up and uh, you know being <coughs> being the quiet uh, sort of chap that i am <laughs> I, I reached out to a few people and uh you know whenever they said you know do you want to be on the show or whatever? And I think I, I pinged out to you guys because I had a lot, quite a lot of views around why I thought Apple should perhaps allow non-Mac Macs to be able to run the software to bring them into the environment. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. that was a stupid thought, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> but well, I, you it, know, it, it didn't have to be. It was just the execution of that idea of the clone Macs, if you will. Mm. Um, I had a couple of those. Well, I wanted a couple. I, the the power computing ones were very impressive. Um, Max ones too. Yeah, I, I I always thought those were ugly though. They had the little dimples on it. Yeah, um, nine hundred. Yeah, the nine hundred. Yeah, that, that power computing. I think it was the nine fifty or something like that. Was just an amazing machine. Um, so I was doing the podcast. Eventually, 
uh, Chad left the show. And initially, Guy, it was you and I as co-hosts. That was how it was for a very brief moment of time. It was you and I, and then we brought David in. The the weird thing was um, you kind of, (laughs) as I recall, you kind of stopped the segments in the 80s. You know, show 85, 86, something Well, like I broke them off to a different uh, episodes. Remember, we right, had the right. My Mac Mini podcast for a while. I think I, that I, went maybe 15, 20 episodes. Yeah, I, I had forgotten about that. Yeah, well, well, because you, we had so many segments that it was, there was <laughs> no time to do anything. And then at one point, Chad was still there. You were there. I was there. David was occasionally coming in. We'd have people like Rick Stringer coming in. We had all these different guests. And the best conversation was actually happening before we hit record to do the MyMac podcast. So after we stopped the segments, the show started getting away from us a little bit. So we started a secondary show called The Geekiest Show Ever, which, by the way, is still going strong. Uh, so the geek, you know, geeks was kind of always in there. And so we would do two shows, remember? We would do one week right. geek, geek show. Uh, geekiest show ever and then we do the my mac or we would do them back to back the same day but that became a little um strenuous if you will yeah well i remember leading up to show 100 you actually had finagled a uh an invite or maybe that maybe not quite an invite but uh we we kind of was an agreement yeah pushed our way into the apple store in grand rapids and originally it was going to be all three of us. You'd gotten like a, a bunch of, of stuff to give away. And they, and a, as it turned out, Chad wasn't able to do it, but I flew from Virginia into Michigan the night before met up. Well, with the, the day before you. the day before, because we actually, the Genesis of the uh, geekiest show ever was actually there as well, because we recorded a, a you, me and Chad, uh, a geeks show, if you will, in your hotel room. Yes. Yes. For like two hours, yeah. <laughs> two and a half hours. It was a long one. It was and definitely a long one. You broke that up into like three or four different <laughs> shows, as I recall. It's been so long ago. I can barely remember, but yeah. Um, and then of course, like you said, Chad couldn't do the, the broadcast, if you will, from the Apple store. And by the way, right. that manager, their team got in trouble for us recording in that store. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that without corporate. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I remember I, I was sick as a dog. You were, you couldn't tell morning. though, if you listened to that show and well, no, I, pushed, there. I pushed, I really pushed through it. Well, you drugged um, yourself up pretty well too. Yeah. It was like, I'm chugging NyQuil in the back room. I remember. So, semi-conscious we had a lot of stuff to give away microsoft was a big um yeah sponsor of that episode because they gave us quite a few things office some keyboards mice and i remember there was this one kid who who was getting the tickets because we basically were giving tickets to everybody as they were coming in and then doing like a, a drawing for him like every five minutes or so and this kid was like snagging these tickets from people. As yeah, because people leaving. didn't want to wait, so they were leaving, yeah. and they were giving him the ticket. He probably walked out of there with five hundred dollars worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah, there was. He basically he had like his arms above his head like this, looking like he had two boom boxes of of various Mac things that he was taking out of out of the store. Most people don't know that wasn't Macaulay Culkin. That that wasn't what. 
It wasn't a young Mark Zuckerberg, was it? <laughs> no, it was a young no. Macaulay Culkin. Most people don't know that. <laughs> he was like, ah, I won. So, so from from one to two hundred, it was generally, for the most part, it was you and me and any anyone else that we we had a rotating crew. Yeah, David was in there a lot at that time. Yeah, I was. Uh, in fact, I think I seem to recall that after. I met up with you guys at Macworld Expo in San Francisco in 2008, the <laughs> 2008 that I started doing the show a lot more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember Lee was on there as well. Do you remember Lee? Yeah, Lee Gibbons. He worked for AOL and then he went to mm-hmm. Microsoft yeah. and uh, he's working for his, a, a smaller company now, but he's doing really well. Yeah. I see his stuff on Facebook and LinkedIn occasionally. And was that when you, was you stepping away from the show? Um, was, no. that, was that when you went? Was was that when you went to work at OWC? No. Uh, uh-huh. Well, yes, initially, um, sort of, kind of. Um, I really stopped the show with when I took the job as CEO of a company called Max Specialist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that was because Apple Oak Park. Yep, Apple wasn't really happy with one of their big companies that they worked with in Chicago doing this podcast where I was talking about Apple and Apple products. And I had no problem of critiquing Apple. If I thought they were doing something stupid, I have no problem about saying that, but that is a problem when they're your biggest supplier and you're, you know, uh, an authorized service center, you do engineering work, uh, you do professional level training. It's kind of an issue. So they asked me to not do that show. And, um, that's kind of why I left the MyMac podcast because yeah. Apple really wasn't happy with me doing the show, which is weird when you think about it now. It was because of Apple that I stopped <laughs> yeah. doing the MyMac show. Yeah. What they wouldn't and, give a shit now. Wasn't that wasn't that like around as I recall, that was like around show two fifty. Somewhere in that Yeah, range. somewhere in there. Yeah. Sounds about and then, yeah. and then, and so then David and, and I did the it. show. And yeah. I think we actually had Gaz on. We did yeah. at one point, but the weird thing is, and, and anyone who knows me, this will not be a huge surprise. I did not remember having spoken to Gaz on the podcast before. And I think it wasn't until we had done like almost a hundred shows together that he was like, well, you know, I've been on the show before. And I was like, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, it's that, that you answers you a lot, guy, doesn't it? It does. It, it's you know, it, it's kind of. I blame it on a couple things. Number one, I'm from Florida, and I am I am a product Fair. of the the South Florida educational system, and I grew up in the '70s in South Florida as part of the South Florida educational system, <laughs> and there was and, and I lived like three miles from the beach, so. There was a lot going on that I'll probably never remember from the 70s. And it has kind of carried over in my life as time has gone on. Yeah, so there's, now there's kind of lots of things, 62. lots of things that you don't remember from the 80s and the 90s and the noughties. And... <laughs> or last week. Last yeah. Week. yeah. <laughs> so the, or how to uh... set up audio. So you guys are doing that, and I stopped working at Mac Specialist. My initial thought was to come back to the MyMac show, but mm-hmm. you guys were doing such a good job. 
And OWC wanted me to uh, do a show called OWC Radio, which I'd already done before um, as a kind of a subcontractor. I was doing that while I was doing the MyMac podcast way back in the day. And uh, I became an employee at OWC, traveled all over the United States doing shows for them and stuff like that, plus the podcast and social media and all that. Um, but it was during that time where David and you were pretty much the host of the MyMac podcast that David had to leave the show. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've ever really explained to you, Guy, why I had to leave the show, have I? I, I mean, it did come literally out of the blue. It was literally <laughs> well, a few you know, days David, before a show. David, I, said, I think I know, and I'm still here. I can't believe it myself. <laughs> but I, I was, I was, because it was like two days before we were going to record yeah. And and Tim knows this about me, but I typically when I'm doing a podcast, I need some structure. I need something that's going to be like I used to okay. drive him crazy because I would say, oh. well, we're just going to hit record and do the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, guys yeah, like, yeah. What are we doing? Oh, no. and what, like, what are we going to talk about? We or did that even on stage better. at the Macworld Expo. Exactly. That's yeah. what I was going to bring the up. The whole when, time when... he is freaking out, like, what are we going to do on the stage? Because <laughs> we're on the main profusely. We're on this huge, giant main stage at Macworld Expo. It's a big yeah. audience. And I'm like, dude, just we're going to, no yeah. problem. You go on the audience, and I'll sit on the stage, too, and we'll just get people involved and have fun with it. And I'm sweat. Like, oh, just sweat. Having, having done do? one of those with you. Guy, I remember quite clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, I really need structure in my yeah. life to keep me going. It's 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 why I'm still married today because Isn't you know, it crazy how much stuff we've done on this show. Oh, it's just yeah. just insane how and, much we've yeah. done because of mymac.com. I mean, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. There's just this little thing I started in my ex-wife's basement. Yeah, because I wanted well, the, to write. Well, the website the website has evolved as well. Yeah, we and, don't really do. It's more of a podcasting know, you know, network now. That's that's one thing I I really kind of miss from the old days is we don't have as many written articles as we used to. It almost it, they just take the so much time and effort, and people just don't have as much time. I think anymore. Um, there's so many more distractions now. Yeah, and I, let's be honest, it's so much easier. Let's say David and I both or we want to talk about the latest whiz bang, right? Well, instead of writing an article that's going to take weeks to write and edit and get some screen grabs and all that, we'll just talk about it on the next text fan for 20 minutes. Yeah. You and know, also, it's just also so much as well, easier. Yeah. Also as well, I've noticed from, you know, the, my social media, everybody who wants to review tech stuff now does a video on YouTube. Nobody yeah. writes yeah. written stuff anymore. I find it infuriating because I don't want to sit through somebody's 20 minute video just to I find think, out whether a product is any good or not. I want to sit and read it. And, you know, sometimes I want to read the headlines or skim through the article or read it in detail. But I don't want to go through somebody's YouTube channel with you. You've got five minutes yeah. of click here to subscribe and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Like, share, <laughs> ring the bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smash that like button. Um, I know. Now, can I jump in? Can I jump in? Because I want to jump back to why David... <laughs> left yeah because oh, right. okay because yeah. you've given me i don't know 12 14 years of hurt and pain <laughs> since then it's like, your fault well, it you're right i talked about i talked about um i talked about guy scars but i really should have talked about yours shouldn't i because <laughs> you're playing the real penance so yeah what what happened was that i um 
I, I was sat there one day uh, and I got a call and it was from the uh, prime minister of the day. And she said, we need you at MI5. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, much like, um, much like Cohen, Apple, David if you, <laughs> if you're going to work in MI5, you can't do podcasts anymore. Mm. So I, I had to very quickly decide, you know, do I serve my country or do I serve Guy Searle? And uh, my country won. Yeah. <laughs> I, do you know, I, I wish I the last time I had to serve Guy Searle, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I so, I so yeah, that's my, one of those things he doesn't remember. My neck still hurts. <laughs> I so wish my country would call me. <laughs> well, essentially, I, I got the word like a day or two before we were going to record the next show. And I called Tim in a panic. I literally, I was like, "Oh God, what am I going to do? I can't." I still, do I still remember. Stuff. I was actually, I was outside. You had to talk yeah. me down from the ledge. Yeah, and I said, uh, <laughs> "You know what? I've got a guy who I think might be interested in doing it with you, at least temporarily." And quite honestly, I think the two of you together would work really, really well. I, I know his voice. I know his uh, personality combined with you. It, he's, he's also, you know, from uh, England, but it, it's different personality than David. Yeah. And I think between the two of you, I think it would work really, really well. And that's what I reached out to Gaz. Yeah. And I, I, I've said to you many times since then, Tim, that um, the guy in Gaz show is a much better MyMac show than it, than it was when I was on it. It's far more. It's not oh, the sort of show I like to do, It's mo- but it's much more entertaining. Well, it's funny because sort- I think from a personality standpoint, you and I work really well because we do that yin and yang a lot yeah, where exactly. we disagree. Yeah. Like we just did a, a, a Geeks Pub episode right before this uh, 900th episode of the MyMac podcast. And yeah. And then, so um, we had some disagreements on a couple of the things that we're talking about. Now we don't have huge disagreements and sometimes I'll just be a jerk and take the opposite view (laughs) just to make it interesting. So it's not Um, like a jets and sharks kind of, no, but, but David and I kind of have similar, that kind of works for us. Whereas you and Gaz are way more closely aligned when it comes to the humor aspect and the show, I think, I agree with you, David. It's it's yeah. way better with Gaz in that role than you. Yeah. Just from and, a personality yeah. standpoint. And, and which is weird because I thought all English guys are exactly the same. <laughs> They're not? Seriously, there is no great mystery in why, why I had to stop doing it. It's basically I was staying up till one in the morning to do those shows. And um, my wife got really, really tired of it. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I got uh, – I then uh, committed another – minor mis- misdemeanor at home that basically said part of my apology to her which she's saying oh by the way i'm not having you staying up until the middle of the night doing those shows anymore and so that was why i had to stop um and uh even even today um tim and i record at a, a more reasonable hour for uh for both of us to make sure that uh that i don't cross that line <laughs> so, so for me it's 7 30 in the morning on a sunday yeah so i don't know how reasonable that is but i'm up so what the hell yeah and plus, well, it's before the, the dogs the, the, and the cats and the kids and everything exactly. else. Yeah, the issue, exactly I, right. the issue I have with guys, I always have to make sure that we're we're going to extend by about an hour, <laughs> mainly because of some technical issues, which may or may not happen <laughs> every week. 
He has got better recently, though. He has got better. Today was back to <laughs> Today normal. Today was unusual. Today was unusual because it was me with the technical problem. <laughs> no, no, no. no, I was no having, before, before we started actually recording, for whatever reason, because I've got this like super complicated setup because I'm, I'm recording video through StreamYard. And I don't usually, we, we actually, we never do this show live. We're do this right now, doing this live is like the first time that Gaz and I have done this live yeah. ever, ever. <laughs> and, but at the same time, and StreamYard, of course, is recording both audio and video, but the audio that you'll get back from them is typically just going to be kind of eh. So yeah. I also record it in Hindenburg uh, in three different tracks, my mic, Gaz, and then Farago. So for things like, it gives you know me a chance to go back through editing the audio and and do a little bit of of put, putting a limit on it and some compression and blah 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 blah, so that it sounds much much better than what I'm going to get back from Streamyard. Uh, the other thing that I do that I've started doing is because when we're done with a show, typically a, a my Mac podcast, the finished from you know welcome to the show to the ending theme is going to be around 50 minutes to an hour and a half <laughs> so, yeah. so somewhere it, it depends on how manic i happen to be that particular day and what i was finding was nobody was looking at the video that i was putting out on youtube because who wants to sit there and, and look at two old guys talking about tech for an hour and a half so recently I've started doing these, these little two to three minute snippets that I just kind of pull from the show as it goes along. And I'm finding that not only am I getting more traction on those videos, but I'm also getting more traction on the audio snippets that I put out on Podbean on the guy's daily drive feed. Mm -hmm. More people are listening to those little snippets than they are the, the great big long one. So I'm going to keep doing that. There'll be there'll probably be a, a number of snippets that I'll pull from this show that I'll, and I do all that in DaVinci, but I, because I have audio like going all over the place, I've got to use um, Rogue Amoeba's loopback to do some routing. And it usually works great. Great. It, it didn't work this morning though. I have a feeling part of that was Chrome because after I restarted Chrome, everything started working. So go, go to Microsoft edge. It's much better. <laughs> well, I've also got the brave browser and I, and that works with Streamyard as well. So yeah, I was, I was a little bit disappointed when I couldn't get my iPad working uh, with, uh, and this, this will probably be a Safari issue as well. I'd imagine uh, now that I know. Yeah. So I, yeah. I broke out my Mac, which I hardly ever use because um, I, I just don't need to do, to use it for anything anymore. And, all my work stuff is Windows. Broke out my Mac, fired it up, put your link in Safari, and it goes, oh, you need Chrome. And I was just yeah. like thumping my head against the table. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, uh, uh, you know, the ubiquity of, of the dreaded Google. Well, yeah. David and I started doing a little video for a while there as well. Uh, yep. We are broadcasting live to Facebook, wasn't it? Facebook, YouTube, a couple other places. Um it started picking up a little bit of traction towards the end, but, you know, it was just too much work. It was um, a lot of work. And it was very frustrating for David uh, because I was constantly trying to get something to work, and he's just sitting there waiting for me. 
until huh. we just said, you know what, we what's that? We're, like? we're an yeah. audio podcast. We just <laughs> let's just do the audio. Um, it was David's constant bitching that made me get off the Mac and Garage Band and recording it that way. Yeah. Um, so now I just do everything, you know, from the Shure mic right into the Zoom, and I use the iPhone. Yeah. Because you talk got a P8, to David. right? You got a P8. Uh, L8. L8. Yeah, I'm on a I'm on a P. I'm on a P4. Can I can I ask a question about mics, Tim? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where the hell does he get his obsession on mics from? Is it you? He's, no, it's yeah. not. Dude, it I was not using, Tim. when you watched that video that guy was talking about from the news company coming out and doing the story, the microphones I was recorded on, you can actually see on that video, was the same microphone that I was using until about a year ago. So it definitely wasn't from me. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. using the same mic forever, forever I'm, I'm, and ever. I'm ever. using a I'm using a no name sure clone <laughs> mic that I bought on Amazon for about twenty quid. <laughs> now that being said, the moment I switched over to the sure mic, within two episodes, guy was like, "I don't know what you're doing differently, but you really have that your audio dialed in really well." Well, yeah. I got a sure microphone. It's yeah. a uh, SM7B. That's yeah, it's, it's a, a great dynamic. mic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a four hundred dollar microphone, so yeah. it damn well should it's be. It's not like a four hundred. It is a four. It is a four hundred. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the weird thing I was like stuck on. Let's not say that too loud. Julie doesn't know. Okay. <laughs> I well, like she like she watches the show. Like my wife watches the show or listens. Or listens. Yeah. Uh, even back in the dashboard minute days, it was every single week my audio sounded completely different because I was, I was trying like all these different things because I just wasn't satisfied with the way it sounded. And that was kind of the, the Genesis on the obsession with, well, with at least he said obsession. it is, it was, or it, actually it was, I haven't bought, I haven't bought a new microphone in a while. And the one I'm using right now, the weird thing was I was like, obsessed with dynamic microphones because dynamic microphones take out so much of the background noise and as you, long as it you, has because you're enough... in a really noisy room aren't you guy no i'm not it's that but that was part of it um it used to be really super noisy but i've the way that i've rearranged everything it's it's much quieter now but i was like trying all of these different dynamic microphones and pretty much eschewing different condenser mics which have a completely different sound to them and then i found the one this one that i'm using right here which is a it's a lewitt 440 pure and it's this is the microphone that i have now been using for probably at the last couple of months and the longest there the other two microphones that i've used for that length of time i used an sm7b for a long time and then i also used a heil pr40 for a long time both it's dynamic mics. it's not a long time no, well, I'm talking like I used that Heil pretty much constantly for a couple of years, except for like I would go off of it for a week or two, but I always came back to it. So, but, so when so, you uh, when you um, when we were setting this up, um, guy, and you said you'd been through been through some stuff in the last couple of weeks, I actually texted to Tim and said we should have a whip round for guys, cheer him up, buy him a new microphone. <laughs> I, I honestly i don't need a new microphone i've got so many so many microphones um so other for, for me other than this uh, having to change or replace the road podcaster the 
Rode Podcaster mic that I've got here. I'll just I'll just see if I can raise it slightly. There you go. That one there. Yeah, USB. USB Rode Podcaster. That's the one I've been using since probably 2009. So other than having to replace it once. So you're like me. It's like, if it works, why, yeah. it ain't why keep screwing around with it? So the I microphone's did, I did. not going to make me sound any more intelligent. It won't? <laughs> Trust me, I've tried. Maybe if we got one with had infinity stones in it. Well, there's that. <laughs> now, when when Gaz's microphone went out, I leapt into action and and sent him a a replacement setup, which I think was a it was a Behringer interface. Yeah, yeah, it's down here somewhere. I was just looking to see like and a some some relatively inexpensive dynamic microphone yeah which i tried once didn't i yeah yeah it was like one or two shows that that you did use that but Seems um, too complicated to me i know i know but when but i've when got backup now i've got backup now you do so if anything happens you're you're good to go yeah. so after i left the my mac show i kind of didn't do any podcasting for a while um because of Apple. But when OWC made me a job offer and I took it and I did the OWC radio show for the second time, one of my um, things I insisted on, and it was non-negotiable, was that I was going to be re- doing podcasting outside of OWC. If they didn't like it, then I'm not taking the job. Mm-hmm. And they agreed. So in September of 2010, uh, I launched TechFan, and it was going to be kind of similar to the Limax show at first, and that I was going to have a roaming co-host. And the first episode, I had David Cohen on, and he came back for, what, episode three or four? Three, yeah. Yeah, so I had a different guy on two, and then David came back for three, and we've been podcasting Tech Fan yeah, the new ever show. since. Yeah. We still, yeah, we still kind of think of it as a new show. <laughs> um, you know, we just recorded 476. <laughs> but we, do, we don't do podcasting on just TechFan every week. We do it every other week when we're not skipping a week, which has happened quite a bit in the last year or so. Uh, we also do the Geeks Pub. So we tried to split up tech-heavy focus shows and our geeky stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well it's worked splitting the shows up. Um, but it kind of gives us a little bit of a different focus, which, by the way, David, yeah. we forgot to do because we did a geeky show today and we didn't do the music thing at the beginning. Oh, we didn't. We were going to yeah. do uh, I, I blame Bond you. Thing. Yeah, I know you put I it in there. Because uh, the, the uh, creator of it died last week. Blame blame the yeah. Brit. <laughs> I, I usually do. I thought it was when, nice right before we started as well, and this thing completely went out of my head. Well, now, now, Gaz, before you started doing the MyMac podcast, you were you were on somebody else's show on a regular basis. Yeah, Mike Potter. Yeah, who we now know does something a little bit bigger. Yeah, so it was for Mac eyes only, FMEO, um, uh, or and just to be clear, that's for Mac eyes for only. Mac. Not for Mac guys only. No, I know. It, it, no, no. It, it, I've always, I always mix that up. Yeah, for Mac guys only. And uh, as I say, I, I, I won a competition actually on his show. Um, the 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 software was a, um, it was a recording software for DVDs. I think 
um, can't remember the name of it now. Toast? Um, no, 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 no. No, it was just a little app which actually burned. It had the, the icon uh, when it was doing its stuff, when it was burning. Oh, DVDs, I remember that one. It, yeah. it would burn it out. So uh, anyway, I I had a problem with the license and I contacted him. I wanted to go, you know, you know the, the old messenger that Max had where you could contact? Well, basically you could contact every store. And right. There's yeah. a story about that, actually, about people taking pictures and somebody getting a Mac and actually they'd left all of the pictures of the people taking those pictures yeah. using this, this software um, on the Mac. And this person bought the Mac and actually I appeared on that, uh, on one of the, <laughs> those uh, pictures off this Mac. Anyway, they used to use AIM or something. You'd sign up and you, you could link him. Anyway, I started talking to Mike about this software issue, uh, the license and he got me the license, got it all fixed. And then we just, you know, we started chatting got on with each other and um and then i you know he asked me about doing this segment and i was doing that from probably probably i would say it was november december 2007 through 2008 and then kind of i, I carried on for a bit once i started potting with you guy but I, it kind of died off a little bit because mike didn't do his show as regularly you know it may come out once a week it might come out once a fortnight he tried to keep it as regular as he can as he could um and really now he only does the reaction time which goes out but he's still got to follow yeah, it which and of course yeah yeah um but he's he's obviously gone on to the taken not taken over but he's tried to keep that mac uh ecosphere of people and you know the the mac world had a good vibe which I never went to. You guys obviously did. I think you you've done some Mac Worlds as well, David. I believe. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I did a couple. Um, and then obviously Mike started the uh, the Mac stock uh, process. So, but that's where I started. Although I was on uh, uh, MacCast as well. Adam Christensen. He did. He had a short spell around again the late two thousand and sevens, where he was bringing listeners on just to talk about um, about what they do and how they use Macs. Um, Mac stock became a big thing for us for, you know, we, we, my Mac was heavily involved with Mac stock. Yeah. Um, yeah. when, when Mike first started that, I know you guys were some of the first people to find out about it. Um, it was because of me that we got OWC cause I was working there at the time. Yeah. Um, as a sponsor for that. But it only couple. made sense because I mean they They're were right, like down the right around the corner. Yeah. 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 Well, they didn't want to do it though. Um, Mike came in and gave us pitch, and God bless him, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> and and I talked to them afterwards because he didn't really have a clear vision. Vision, and he, you know, because well, that was right at the start, wasn't it? And I think he, it, you know, it was. Yeah. Well, he, remember he the, very, the very first one was like the combination. Uh, Barry Fox barbecue at his house, yeah. and then the one day event at the McHenry Community College. And, and all four of us were there for the very first Mac stock, yeah, yeah. In fact, we, there's a really good picture of us. No, da no David, there. David wasn't, but his keyboard was. Oh, that's right, that's, that's right, right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, he was there for there's the second picture, one. Yeah, somebody was holding up his keyboard in a that's picture. Yeah. Chad, Chad Perry, the original co host with me on the My Mac podcast, was, was there. there for the first, yep. Because there's a picture of the four of us, Guy, yes. Gaz, me, and Chad, um, as, you know, the beginning, and then the ones that are killing the show. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. 
We killed well, it I just yet? remember because I had I had like this this four microphone setup that I had brought with me. And for the barbecue, we actually set that up in Barry's dining room at this round table that he had there. I remember that. Yeah. And at one point we had it was Dave Hamilton, it was Allison Sheridan, it was Pilot Pete, and there was somebody else, and I don't remember who it was. Uh, but I had wanted to go have a cigarette. So I stepped outside and guessed that with me before we left, we'd already recorded like 15 or 20 minutes, something like that. And when we were leaving, it was either Dave Hamilton or Allison was like, well, you know, we're going to take over your show. And we were, <laughs> and both Gaz and I that were kind of like, like Allison. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. So I'm, we're, I'm outside having a smoke. Gaz is there with me and uh, they're just recording whatever, whatever crazy stuff they wanted to record. And, I wish I could tell you what number podcast that was. You'd have to go back to 2015 and those shows to find out what it was. But there's like all kinds of, you know, one of the things when, when Gaz and I took over the show, um, it obviously within a relatively short amount of time changed very, very much from the, the show that it had been. And it became kind of, for better or for worse, less focused on Apple stuff and more focused on just Gaz and I having this these weird conversations back and forth. And well, I, I have it kind to of say, had to. It had to do that. It, it, the show had to change because you couldn't keep the same format we were doing. No, because the website was changing because that was a big focus of we, you know we, the the website. We, we stuck and, with and that for quite a long time, though, Tim. We yeah, oh, I know. With that. I yeah. know. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it it naturally evolved. Yeah. It wasn't a conscious effort on either one of your parts, and it was obvious when you listened to it um, that that evolution was happening and the show became better for it. I don't – after I left, it still felt like you guys were just filling in for me for a while, especially with you bit. and David. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think you and Gaz were by yourselves, probably 20 episodes into your run, where it finally stopped feeling like Tim's gone and we just, we're just doing shows yeah. without Tim. It, it stopped being my show. And that's when it got good because it, it, it couldn't be my show. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Well, one, one thing, in, in, you know, I think the biggest change in the MyMac podcast has been that we're, you know, th th there's lots of tech shows out there. There's lots of shows that, that talk about Apple stuff on a regular basis. And it's just not that interesting. Well, if, and if that's what you want, then that's fine. You know, you have a lot of different choices. Yeah. But in order to do something like this long term and, and not make anything from it, you know, none of us are, are making any money from this. Um, it has to be something you enjoy. It has to be something that you look forward to doing. And that was, that was the one, the one thing that became obvious when, when Gaz and I took over the show, we just enjoyed talking back and forth. Well, I did anyway. <laughs> it's the same with David and I on tech fan yeah. geeks pub. It, you it, have to the, like the subject have to doesn't it. matter. When I think of podcasting, I can, there's times that, you know, uh, David's on vacation. He's going to cruise or something. And I, unlike Guy, am fine doing a solo show. 
but I just don't really want to because to me, podcasting at this point is the conversation of David and I. That's what I like. That's what I dig. Um, and I don't really care about what the subject is. Some of the stuff that we talk about before and after the show might be more interesting, but it's probably more controversial. So we don't discuss that so yeah. stuff on the show. Yeah, there's there's some carefully placed edits on what we put out on the MyMac show. <laughs> got to be careful. Yeah, I think um, very, other, very careful. The other thing is that is that I think you've got to remember that the, the subject you're talking about Apple has changed so much. Well, when we started the show, they were a very beleaguered company. They, exactly. it, it really did look like they were going to go out of business, Guy. Yeah. You remember that very well. Oh, yeah. Um, we were working hard, hard get the word out. to get the word out, to get more people to buy their products because it was so far superior. Um, yeah. It was just it, – it seemed like it would be an injustice for that company to go away and their products. And we worked hard to – save the company if you will there were no apple stores there was no ipod there was no imac and and we worked our ass off in some respects you know it paid off they became a big company was it because of us no of course not did we have a small a, part in it maybe i think we kept yeah. enough people and i don't mean my mac i mean the, the podcasters and, and the apple web if you will back when there was when the mac observer was at its height and apple links and my mac and there was a bunch of yeah. little independent publishers that was was keeping the flame going that was keeping the faithful in the products and when you're recording a show in a new medium like podcasting that passion came through and if you also had that passion like gaz for instance he was like he said earlier eating up all these mac podcasts because it's i don't want to say like-minded people but the same passion, you know, we, yeah. we really like these products. We want to keep it going. And I don't have anyone around me to talk to about this stuff yeah. because we didn't, we, yeah. we found each other, you know, that, that was Apple groups at the time, but now yeah. it's, it's online. And well, the almost written all the word, Apple groups are all pretty, for the exactly, most part, they're, they're gone. pretty much gone. Yeah. The, the, the written word on websites is one thing. And there was some great writing out there, but, the podcasts were even better because it's so much more personal. You can listen to it on your walk. You can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it at home. Um, it's a voice and it, it's not dissimilar to your own. And they're passionate about the same thing you're passionate about. So it was easy to focus on Apple and their products and the user base and, you know, the, the huge number of shareware items that were out there. And, you know, it was easy. And then success. You know, yeah. Apple turned it around. They're one of the biggest companies in the world, more money than most Got countries it. at this point. <laughs> and what's, how do you, why, I'm not passionate about Apple anymore. I'm not. They're, they're a giant evil corporation. You well, they always that were. big. Well, to a certain they, extent. Yeah. The, the thing for me was that when I, when I started doing this sort of 2005, 2006, Obviously, you guys then were talking about the, the what you saw then as the golden years of Apple, which was the 80s and the 90s, you know, the Apple II, the original Mac. The well, okay. <laughs> and then ahead. obviously there was, a, there was a slow decline into the late 90s where effectively the company was circling. It wasn't even slow. Yeah. It was, it was it like was an avalanche. But when I, came, when I came along and got into Macs in 2005, 2006, they were just on that uptick. The iPod was out. 
the, mm-hmm. um, they were about to do the Intel transition, which I think looking back now, we all recognize transformed the Mac into something. It saved was, the Mac. It saved it from dying because it was on the way out. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, you, and, and now they are this with the success of the iPhone, which none of us saw coming. Then obviously they are this hugely dominant tech company. And you're right. It's very difficult to be passionate about, about such a, one of the largest combination uh, com, uh, companies on the planet. It's, it's difficult to keep that. And also the way we all interact has changed as well. So I think you're right, um, Guy and Gaz. The important thing is you've got to be willing to talk about whatever um, and pick out the bits you want to talk about from that environment rather than being kind of, you know, the uh, the, the cultural... The water carrier. Exactly, yeah. Big, you know, the, the cheerleaders for the, for the company that's that in the past has not done so well. 100%. And I think we all recognize that, you know, Apple did some amazing work around that time because they had to. Yeah, I the still iPhone think was an amazing are. product because it had to. They're still doing amazing work, but it's not the same because so I think just sometimes you know you you just do it differently if you you basically you're betting the company on every job. And, yeah, but and David, nowadays they're not. So yeah, but David, do you not think that that is possibly part of this particular tech technology can't go leaps and bounds and and oh, no, you know, all, we, I think we all of the companies have got to like the pinnacle. So it's yeah. going to be the next. The next environment where we hope that they then, you know, become a leader. Well, I think that's a lot of it right there. I think everyone is kind of holding their breath, waiting to see. And it's not necessarily even going to come from Apple. No. That that, that there's going to be some big leap in technology, something that nobody else has thought of, something that, that, People are going to look at and go, oh, yeah, well, duh, why didn't we already have this 10 years ago? And that will be the platform that everybody starts jumping on. It's 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 not going to be computers. I don't think it's going to be television. I don't think it's going to be phones or watches or anything else that we have out right now. It's going to be something different. And what that something is, I have no idea. Will it come from, it could come from Apple. It could come from Google. It could come from <laughs> Facebook. It could come from like all of these different tech companies that are out there right now that are are putting in all this time, money, and research trying to find what is this next big thing that's going to attract the attention of you know the 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 people that are are buying stuff. And I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. When Apple it's really easy to say Steve Jobs is gone and Apple has declined when it comes to it's, innovation. That's a easy thing to say. And there's a reason true. there's an easy, isn't it? I don't think um, it is. I, I think it actually is. If you go back and look at what Apple was, even after Steve Jobs left the first time, they floundered and it was only until he came back. Apple has always been the Steve Jobs company, always was. He was... He wasn't a tech guy, but he had taste. And the power knew, to say no. It wasn't so much that, it was he had good taste. This works because of this. Now, was he always right? No, of course not. Uh, the cube comes to mind. Well, he always knew that was going to be was a kind bad of forced, idea. That was kind of forced on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the cube would be a good idea, but except it actually was a brilliant idea, the, the, the Mac cube. It was just way ahead of its time, yeah. and it was underpowered. That was a tech limitation. It wasn't a style. There isn't anybody, and, and I even with Johnny Ives was there, there isn't anybody 
that understands taste that doesn't there's an it, it is missing that secret sauce and steve jobs unfortunately is kind of a one or two guys per generation that has that and it apple is apple because of steve jobs now did he bring a lot of baggage sure but man that that guy look other than gaz we've all been there for a steve jobs keynote yeah we all understand that reality distortion field is a real goddamn thing now imagine being an employee in that company and that's the guy that's leading you how can you not do greatness not out of fear but because this guy elevates everybody around him no fear was a big part of it too but fear because you don't want to disappoint the guy not fear because you're going to get fired there's a difference um and and you hear it with people who do interviews and books and stuff like that there isn't tim cook isn't that guy he's just not i i love tim cook don't get me wrong but he is a manager that's what he is he's not a product guy He's not a leader. Oh, no, no he yes, is. he's 100% yeah, he's a leader. leader. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's, yeah. Well, there's, he's there's, a business leader. There's yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Steve Jobs was a, a leader of creativity. When they said Apple was a company where the liberal arts meet business world, that's where the Apple resides, 100% correct, except they haven't been liberal arts in forever. And all you got to do is look at their cookie cutter every year. This is the new iPhone. This is the new I'm not saying the products aren't cool. They're not, but they're neat. But they don't have the passion that we all came up with liking Apple. I I hate to say it was because Steve Jobs died, but it is. That company, I I, I think he was an asshole. Don't get me wrong. We probably would not like Steve Jobs. I've, I've seen, I've had interactions with the guy twice. Um. He was Apple, and the reason it came back after when they almost went completely underwater under uh, Gil Emilio, which wasn't his fault. He was a Band-Aid. And, by the way, ex-CEO of Apple was on this podcast. Um, Apple would not have become Apple without Steve Jobs, both before and the second time. The iPod, the iPhone, the redesign of the Mac, the, the focus on Think Different. All of that was from Steve Jobs, all of it. And there hasn't been anything. Yes, the watch is nice. Is it? No. It, it's not super game-changing. It's a small iPhone on your wrist. How? I mean, come on. I like it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure we all four own one. But they, Apple needs that guy. And they're never going to get him again. I, so I, when I, we I, talk I about tech, where I we go forward. I think tech in general needs needs. A guy like that. And unfortunately, we have the Elon Musks of the world that should just shut the fuck up and get off Twitter, right? Um, how do you? How are you an Elon Musk fan? I hear, oh, I've always admired him. Why? Why yeah. would you? I mean, the guy lies about stuff all the time. Yeah. I, I, think, I think the other thing, you've got to remember, game-changing products like the iPod and the iPhone <coughs> put, put together in a speed that Apple just does not do nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that all happened within 10 years. Yeah, the but iPhone, not only that, the I'm iPod, about and the individual iPad. Products. They, they went from deciding to do the iPod to coming out with the finished iPod, which, you know, pretty much hit it out the park on the first run, yeah? 
um, the essentials of the product were all there on that first. I know it was Mac only when it started, and so it had a slow start, and the uh, iTunes store wasn't there and all of that. But nevertheless, the fundamentals of the iPod, they put together in six months. It's Original it's, iPod, original iPhone right there. Yeah. And then the iPhone was the same. Not only did any did nobody think that Apple could enter the cell phone market, they entered it with a, a with a product. The one I've got today, yeah, this is essentially the same as the original iPhone. It's just been heavily technically integrated, yeah. And the fact that they could do that, and again, in in a year, eighteen months. I mean, you've got to remember that prototype that the the one that he demoed um, at the Macworld barely worked. Everyone was holding their breath, thinking it was going to fall over. And they had about three or four spares in case it did. And they yeah. did it and with then, one one hundredth of the number of employees, exactly. one one hundredth of the resources they have now. Exactly. They've lost that. The drive. Shoot I, shit at the wall and see what sticks. And, and I, they don't have that as well, anymore. They, they, they don't well, have to be. They can't iterate and narrow down onto the ascent, the right essentials because they haven't got Steve Jobs there. He was the he was the secret source that allowed them to yeah, do that. He 100%. was the one to be take fair. it in and he would go, yeah, like that. No, don't like that. That shit, that shit. And, and I, I know what you're that. gonna say, guy, yeah, it's not fair because who else has a Steve Jobs? No, Correct. no, no. That wasn't what I was yeah. gonna say. What I was gonna say was it was an existing market that Apple came into. Whereas something like the uh, the the iPod, for the most part, there were a couple of other products. There was a lot of MP3 players when the iPod. Yeah, but they were all such garbage. But so was cell phones. So were computers. Apple wasn't the first to have a was, desktop computer. The, the difference between the MP3 market, MP3 player market, and the cell phone market is it's it's leaps and bounds. There were there were already millions of people with cell phones. Probably a a billion or so people that already had cell phones, but no cell but phone like the but, iPhone, but no cell phone like the iPhone. Yeah. That's, that's the, say the same thing with the Mac, same thing yeah. with the iPod. Apple is not, well, I don't want to say that laser printer started with Apple digital camera started with Apple. So they did invent a lot of things, but that was, again, comes back to taste. And that's what Steve jobs had. He looked at something and went, okay, that shit, that shit, and that shit. We're going to put the Apple spin on it. And more often than not, he was right. Yeah. And okay. That's very what, rare to say. What existing market is there now that well, Apple we're not isn't in, in that they could go into and make a huge change with? I, I think there's probably a lot of them. Televisions. Now, we keep thinking televisions at the pinnacle of what it can be. I disagree. Our televisions aren't a whole lot different than guy than what you and I had in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Okay. They're thinner, they're lighter. They have apps on them, but it's still, you sit there and it's a passive thing. You watch the television there. That's rife for some upstart company to come in and completely change everything. Well, they everything. Keep trying. Every, there's a lot of companies that because there hasn't been a Steve jobs that's looked at it. Yeah, that's what we're missing. Yeah, the, that's what I problem, keep coming back to. I think the issue with things like that, though, at the moment, there's there's an awful lot of social change on things like that and the interaction with TVs. I mean, how many people now sit in front of a TV? It's getting less and less. There are still plenty of people, but actually the interaction now is with your iPads and with your pads. You know, it's all mobile. Everybody's always on the move, which I'm not saying I agree with. You know, we actually still try and sit down 
and get a group of us to sit in front because you've got that social interaction with the TV. It's, ir- it is- it's ironic that we have the very best televisions ever created. Yeah. They look so good and we don't use them. Absolutely. Yeah. But the thing is, we have to work at that to interact with it. Whereas you're dead right, Tim, it would be better that if it was a more, you know, interactive tool to bring people together to be able to utilize it. Yeah. And- yeah. yeah. I, to me, I've always thought that, you know, you, you see nowadays, you, You'll see a group of two, three people sat down in front of the TV. They'll all have their phones out. They'll be on their phones yeah. while they're watching TV. My kids yeah. consider this to be some sort of superpower. As far as they're concerned, they go, oh, we can multitask better than you. And it's like, well, you're not really multitasking. You're either looking at the phone or you're looking yeah. at the TV. And when you look yeah. at the phone, you've no idea what's happening with the TV. So yeah. the, the guy could be shot dead. You wouldn't know it happened. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, no, you no, were wait, watching. What, what happened? What happened before that thing that happened? It's like, <laughs> yeah, why exactly. weren't you watching yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So to yeah. me what what could happen what could happen with tvs what would be interesting is you actually bring those two worlds closer together so the tv the big becomes less of a thing of its own and it's mm. more of an extension of the phone right so well, the that's, pers- that's not far from from what apple is trying to do with um you know where you have multiple pe- people watching yeah. the same program at the but same I, time. I, I think I think here, here's the difference is that is that Apple is is kind of has been it's been very very nervous about stepping into TV, and they yeah you know, they're making a success of it now. Apple TV Plus is a huge success; it's winning Emmys and all that sort of thing. But they really have tiptoed into that market. Uh, I think the Apple of yesteryear might have tried to do the big bang thing but what that's what that's the the problem with that though dave the problem with that though is it's size isn't it it's corporational size Um, not just that also who owns the content there's no 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 no, no. put that aside no put that no put no you can't put that aside because that's a big component yes you can because that's exactly what apple have done they've started to create their own content you've got to put that aside as a corporation they will be much more cautious now than they have ever been in whatever products they go for. Yeah. Cause they're yeah, a big corporation. The yeah. Yep. And they're, they've got shareholders to deal with. But the ridiculous thing is they're sat on so much money that yeah. they could, they could afford to say, screw the shareholders, but they we're always try something new. They yeah, have I know, shareholders since 76. What I was saying is the, there's a financial argument that they could make now to say, mm-hmm. we're going to make a big bet. It's going to cost us a lot of money and shareholders. If you don't like it tough, we're going to do it anyway. And that's where and Steve jobs came e- from. Exactly. And and yep. that is, that is not them now. Now no. they are very much the incremental softly, softly. It's not, I'm not saying one is better than the other because no. No. the, the well, advantage- from a financial standpoint, yeah. what they're doing now is by far better exactly. but from, from people like us yeah, who started following Apple under the Steve Jobs Apple, we'd rather have it the other way because yeah. I I would love nothing more than become very passionate about another Apple product. I just don't see it happening. It, I wonder if this is a line. This statement, um, uh, you know, I'm a, a follower of follower of Formula One, yep. and they were talking to a couple of drivers, and they said to the drivers, you know. Oh, the reliability of some of the cars is, is, you know, is what's letting you down. And this, they, I think they were talking to Charles Leclerc, who's chasing Max Verstappen as hard as he can. And he said, I would prefer to have less reliability and speed than reliability and less speed. Yeah. You're always going to live on the edge. You know, let's, yeah. let's, you know, if it breaks, it breaks, but we're fast enough to compete. And I think that's almost a similar sort of comparison. Yeah, I would agree. I can yeah. tell you guys oh, what, two. What's uh, the solution then? 
Well, we already know the solution. They need someone like a Steve Jobs. The problem is yeah. it's a once in a generation kind yeah. of person. Yeah. I mean, there was always this competition in in our minds and in the public between Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates. <laughs> well, Bill Gates won if you count money, right? Yep. But if you count innovation, literally changing the world, I think Steve Jobs has an edge on that. Look, you can't. When we were at the MacWorld Expo, and I think David, you were there too in two thousand and seven, when they unre- and they unveiled the iPhone. Were you you were there, David, or no? no? It was, it was no, the, that was the next year. After. You okay, and I so were there. You yeah. and I along were there, with yeah. Larry. Yep, my brother so Larry. We're in the audience watching that live you know and guy we're maybe 50 feet away from the stage if that yeah when he pulled that phone out of his pocket everybody and started and, and started demonstrating it i knew right then this is going to change the world this was a product that and we talked about because we did a podcast immediately afterwards we talked about opening it up to applications developers and we knew that this was going to change everything. And we we're 100% right. It's very rare in your life that you are witness to something that literally changes life. everything. And, and the iPhone, and by definition, Android in the mobile world now, changed everything. It completely changed the world. And that was Steve Jobs. But you speaking know, of... You know what was funny was everybody kept making comparisons of the iPhone to... What was it? It was some product by wasn't Philips. There was there was some other product that had like a, a grayscale screen that had apps and everybody kept Palm. saying No, not Palm? the Palm. Yeah. It was it was some other some other company that had a, a smartphone that had apps. But that was what everybody kept trying to make comparisons to the iPhone. And it was like, no, this is this is a completely different type of the moment of I saw him experience. scrolling through pictures and it would go fast and slow down. Mm. And then the pinch and zoom. Um it was, you know, the best camera in the world is right. The one you have in your pocket. That's a hundred percent correct. No, it's the, I'm sorry. Nowadays, it's the James Webb. It's out at Lagrange Point mm. too. <laughs> you're you're not wrong about that. Um, I could tell you guys two my two uh, Steve Jobs story. Go ahead. Go the, for it. The the first one was many years ago. Obviously, he's been dead for a while. Um, when I started my Mac, the name was a fill-in. Uh, I, I had all these different names that I wanted to try, and every single time I picked one, somebody already had it. I really wanted Max Sense, and it was a Max Sense. So um, at one point, I reached out to Apple because they had had a defunct online world called eWorld. It was kind yeah, of it was a, associated with um, the Newton. That was kind of part of what that was supposed to all be about. But it failed. And it yeah, was a much nicer AOL, and it, the aesthetics were great. And I thought the the word itself was cool. So I reached out to Apple about acquiring the name. Mm-hmm. And for a while, I didn't hear anything. And I did it through formal channels and everything. So finally, out of frustration, and I had I'd even talked to, I can't remember his name now. He was the head of Apple Legal at the time. If I said his name, you'd know who he was. Fred Anderson. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I just wasn't getting anywhere. So I reached out directly to Steve Jobs, which I thought was probably a mistake, but I did it anyways. So I sent Steve Jobs an email and it was just sjobs at apple.com. Mm-hmm. And 
famously, he would actually reply to some people. So I was hoping that was going to happen, and unfortunately it did. And he said they have no interest in um, licensing or selling the name. Well, so much for my idea. Except a day or two later, I get a FedEx envelope with a licensing agreement, a legal licensing agreement from Apple for eWorld. They agreed. (laughs) So my Mac almost became eWorld. And the only reason was two. The only two reasons I didn't sign, number one, Steve Jobs had said no. And if I sign this legal agreement, he might not be happy with Fred Anderson. And it was from Fred Anderson, this licensing agreement. So I didn't want to get Fred Anderson in trouble and then have the name pulled away from me at the last minute. And they wanted like $2,000 a year. And there was so many, like, it has to be a small E with a, and if it's a logo, it's got to be the purple and blah, blah, blah. Uh, And the second reason was, well, it wasn't that it wasn't worth it. I think it could have been. But a bigger reason was I don't own it. And if I'm going to create something and I take my Mac to the next level, at any time, Apple would just take it away from me. Yep. Didn't like that idea. Ice cream truck. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what the hell is that? Uh, so that was my first interaction with Steve Jobs. My second one was at um, either 99 or 2000 Macworld Expo. And this was after the keynote and everything. I don't remember what was released. Oh, Mac OS 10. So it was 2000, January of 2000. Um, I'm walking. And back then, the Macworld Expo showroom floor was gigantic. I mean, it was so Did big. Did you ever go to the one in New York? No. No, which is ironic because it's a lot closer. Um, and Javits is a bigger place too. Well, yeah. no, I think Moscone is actually bigger than Javits, but it, anyways, uh, because Moscone is multiple buildings, whereas Javits is just the one giant one. Yeah. Um, I'm on the showroom floor and I come across this booth and they're selling an Apple watch. Now we're thinking this right now, right? The Apple watch. Sure. Tim, mm-hmm. how, how are you looking at an Apple watch at 99? That's stupid. Well, it was regular watches that had Apple logos and it, they were really cool. And I bought one. It was like, I don't know, 35 bucks. Still have it by the way. (laughs) So here's this Apple watch. I put it on. It's really cool. It's kind of a cheap watch, but it's kind of shaped like an Apple. It's the, the dials are Apple at the end. It was cool. And you know, I'm passionate about Apple. So I leave the booth. I go down a couple lines or a couple aisles. When I come back, I see Steve Jobs because back then he would actually walk the showroom floor and he didn't have this huge entourage with him. He had usually two or three guys. (coughs) One of them was obviously a security guy, but he would walk and talk to people and look at the booths and he was going ape shit at this Apple watch booth. (laughs) What the hell is this crap? And why is my logo? And he said my logo, by the way. Why is my logo on? He's just going, I want this out of here. This is, you don't have, you know, you can't use our logo. And and the guy actually had a licensing agreement to use that logo. Right. Um, Because I asked him when I was there, I was like, can you use the Apple logo? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's costing me a lot of money. But, yeah, we got a legal (laughs) agreement. Uh, And I kind of knew how that went because. Yeah. Yeah. I could have had a legal agreement with Apple. Um, And he is just going ballistic. And everybody within 50 feet is just froze, including me. I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound good. So, oh, watch. 
Yeah. Oh no, I don't have a watch. Uh, I'm putting my no headphones <laughs> You're right, Steve. That shit. Uh, yeah. I got to use the bathroom. Excuse yeah, me. Excuse me. Be right back. <laughs> so, I walk away because I don't. This is it's uncomfortable the way Steve Jobs is. I, I when you think of Steve Jobs ranting, this is I yeah. saw it, it was right there. Yeah. I go down an aisle that I'd already been down. Come back around. So I'm gone maybe 10 minutes, right? I get back. There isn't anything of this booth left. <laughs> it is concrete floor. The carpet the guy was standing on, gone. The tables, everything is just, it's, it's, new cave, baby, gone. There's and I was a like, layer of salt that was, man, I was just yeah. like, holy moly, this is, it was impressive <laughs> that. He wanted it gone, and that sucker was gone. <laughs> you remember when that guy used to do the fake Steve Jobs, and he used to talk about um, the Mossad agents he had working for him? Yeah. You can imagine them coming in. Yeah. That's just taking so, it all. So that well, showroom floor that had just be worth a bob or two now, I should yeah. think. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, I think I was one of the only people that got one because the showroom floor had just opened. Yeah. And this is one of the main – when you first walk in and you take a – course, it was right there. It was okay. right there. Guy had a. It was a small booth. It was like a five by five, hmm. but it was at the end of the line. But it was at the beginning of when you first walk in. I think it was Moscone South. But and, do, you, do you remember his name? Mm-mm. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody does, guy. He's been expunged from history. Um, <laughs> it, it was a, an impressive there display was of no power. No Apple Watch ever. <laughs> Yeah, it was. So that's my two Steve Jobs stories. Um, oh, you know, I, I I I miss the uh, Steve Jobs keynotes. I, I I when it comes to the key jo- the the keynotes nowadays, I watch the the whole keynote in twenty one minute things that The Verge or yeah. somebody always puts up because they're so boring. They're so corporate speak. They're so politically yeah. correct. They're it's just and look, I'm a PC guy when it comes to that. You don't you shouldn't be a dick just to be a dick. And if something's offensive, people maybe don't do that thing anymore. Because why be a dick? But I don't know. It's just so. It's blase. Manila. It's Manila. It, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it and that kind of also speaks to the products, in my opinion. Well, let's let's. They're still the best, but they're just boring. We you know we've pretty much covered everything that that the my you know that the history and and the lineage of the the my mac podcast and and the stuff that we're doing now uh before we go and, and you kind of started this tim when you were talking about the mac world expo what is the funniest thing that you can remember that ever happened going to a mac world expo you are it's you are intimately in the story guy um I had I lost think, my I baggage. think I know where this is going yeah <laughs> I had lost my baggage well I didn't the air airline did and um, they said they would send it to the hotel. And I was like, screw that. They're going to lose it again. I'm going to wait at the airport SFO for my luggage to arrive. And uh, I remember sitting there and it was completely deserted. There's nobody. And I remember seeing David Pogue looking at, cause at the time he was still at Macworld Expo. He might've been at the New York times by then. I don't know, but I knew David Pogue. He knew me. We had talked before. And he's like, what are you doing still here? You need a lift? I was like, no, they lost my bags. I'm going to wait. And I did. And there's nothing to eat. 
at SFO. There is if you're departing, but if yeah. you're arriving, there's no restaurants or no anything. So by the time I get to my hotel, it's way late. And you have to be in line early, even in press line early for a Macworld Expo. And I think this is 2006 guy. No, the first one I went to was 07. Okay, so this is probably 08 then. (laughs) Which I think, if I'm not mistaken, might have been MacBook Air when he pulls it out of the Manila Manila envelope. But maybe not. I don't remember. Anyways, I've got my own hotel. Guy and I meet in line at the press to go in for the keynote. And I haven't eaten since before my flight the day before. I am freaking starving. I am so hungry. Guy starts complaining that he hasn't eaten since yesterday. (laughs) And he's starving. But we got to sit through this keynote. But we're excited for the keynote. So we go into the keynote. The whole thing goes. And as soon as the keynote ends, we go down to the press room, set our stuff down, and we're like, we've got to go find something to eat. We're it, I it's I'm so freaking I'm gonna pass out I'm so hungry, so guy and I make a beeline out of Muscone Center and start walking. We left somebody in charge of like walk watching uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Bill Palmer. Yeah, <laughs> he paid so, for it later. He did. Um, <laughs> I still have that photo. Yeah. Um, so we start walking and we're not finding anything, and then finally we pass this. It's basically a convenience store. But yet, somehow they have a Chinese buffet thing in there. And at this point, we're just like, we'll, we'll eat a dead horse that's rotting at this point because we're so hungry. Carcass. So we go in there. It's like five bucks, and you just fill this thing up. And we did. We just, And we're not that far from the Moscone Center. So we fill it up. We go back to the press room, and we eat. And I think we both agree, Guy, that was some of the best Chinese food we've ever <laughs> it had It was in our amazing. Lives. It was so good. So good. So that's not the funny part. The funny part is the next year and the year after, Guy and I make a pilgrimage to find this place again, and it does not exist. I, we can't even find the building. We went every everything around there. We even walked farther than we knew it was because we were so starving that we couldn't walk that far. We would have died. I think that the place existed in one moment of time just to feed Guy, Searle, and I. I think I think it had an Apple logo on the door. <laughs> and we stole someone's lunch. We were hallucinating. <laughs> that, that's my that's my funniest and uh, um, mystical moment because I I how did we never find that again, guy? We looked. We really tried. You know, every it's, single it's the San Francisco thing. I've done. I've been. I've been San Francisco quite a few times, not just for MacWorld. Um, and there's a couple of places like that where I went to one. That was the most incredible food. I must go back there again. And you can never find them. And, it, no, and it, it I think I think it is some sort of um, it's San Starbucks. Francisco mojo. They, it must, the fog must dissolve them or something because they just disappear. I just remember it was so good. Every, every single thing we got was just. And Guy and I were commenting. And I'm like, I remember looking at you going, is it just this me is, or is this really good? And you're like, no, it was amazing. This is this is amazing, and we just chow down. And cheap. I mean, it was so cheap, it was, it, dude. We yeah. got the big styrofoam thing, huge. Yeah, it must have we, weighed three pounds. It was. We paid bucks. more. We paid more every single morning at Mel's Diner. Oh, no question. It was like twice as much. 
than we did for that Chinese food that we never I, found again. I tell you, one of the saddest things I ever did when I was at um, OWC, I went to this very small show. I mean, it was, I when I say small, I mean it was really small. How small was it? David Cohen small. And, <laughs> That's pretty small. <laughs> and um, I, I, there was a celebrity there too. I can't remember who it was now, so couldn't have been too impressive. But anyways, I went to Mel's because it was just down the street. And uh, it was so sad to be there without the MyMac crew. Hmm. It, I mean, it was the same, but it wasn't. I was like, Didn't this sucks. It I, just didn't have the atmosphere with all the friends I, there. I will be there in about four or five weeks. So, well, David, do you have a, a funny MacWorld story? So, um, kind of, uh, yeah. This is this is um, the the funniest thing that ever happened to me while I was with you guys at MacWorld was um, the last time we all went there. Um, Tim and I were staying at the Mossa, which is that kind of weird little hotel just up the street from. Yeah, um, from that Scone. was actually a great little hotel. I'm, I'm, that's also where I'm staying in a few weeks again. Uh, I really like it there, but it is a very odd place. Yes, um, yeah, but you can't beat the location because it is literally five across uh, three the minutes walk from Moscone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I met. Uh, we were waiting for you to come down uh, uh, one. <coughs> It's the morning, or maybe we're going out for dinner. I forget. Anyway, uh, I'm down there with Tim. Tim's outside having a smoke, and uh, <laughs> this guy walks up to us. Yeah, this kind of this um, this kind of elderly black gentleman in a suit, and he's one of these religious guys that you have wandering around San Francisco. What and he start he starts engaging me in conversation, you know, uh, and I'm just really not interested in in whatever it is he's selling. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like I'm not there so i'm trying to uh you know just kind of say oh well, you know really i don't you know <laughs> anyway tim decides to have some fun so tim engages in conversation and he starts arguing with him about every single point and this guy didn't really know what hit him because he was used to being the alpha dog of the conversation yeah. and all of a sudden he was not <laughs> He, I, don't, I have no become, memory of this. No, you could see him become visibly uncomfortable. Because Tim did that thing where every time the guy said something, he would come back and basically rebutted the point with a fact to the point that the guy couldn't say anything. <laughs> and so we then try and move on to something else. And and after about five minutes of this, <laughs> he literally kind of ghosted us and wandered off and started trying to bother somebody else. So I got to go. I'm leaving. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well gaz i know you never went to no so i was going to jump in there and say um obviously the only related mac stories that i've got that's interactive with you guys was i picked up a keyboard from don McAllister because don and i actually both flew over uh for mac stock in 2015 and i think um, David had linked up with Don McAllister to hand over this keyboard, this clickety clack keyboard that, That's right. that yep. Tim was so in love with and wanted the, to, uh, to, to utilize. Extended too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I'd somehow had to make sure that I could get this in my case um, and, and bring it across. And there's a picture of me handing over this, uh, this, uh, this particular keyboard to Tim, but meeting you guy for the first time was when I realized that, you know, I, you know, I'm not a tall guy. I'm only five foot seven, five foot eight, something like that. You know, it's a pre pretty average rover here, I'd say. I won't say any more, David. Um, <laughs> and then I met you and I'm kind of just, I'm looking up and up and up and up and up. And up, <laughs> and up, and up. 
and I had to get on a stool and stand on the table, I think, to to get eye to eye with you. And it was, but that was a great 2015. I, so I remember was, walking down the road or down a sidewalk at Macworld Expo, heading towards the expo, and there's like four or five of these guys blocking our path. The guy had this long flowing hair at the time. He looked like freaking Hulk Hogan. Uh, he's probably 285, six foot seven, Hulk Hogan hair. And these guys are just not moving. And I was about to say something, but I didn't have to because all I hear from Guy is, move! And it was like parting <laughs> the Red Sea. They looked at Guy and just slunk out of the way. I was like... If only they knew what a pussycat he was. Right. Yeah. I really am. I, I, I am. I am. He's I am a black active. belt. Yeah, I know. I know. So have you got a funny story then, Guy? I, I've got a couple funny stories. Um First one involves my brother Larry. The first time, and it was two thousand seven. No, uh, no, no, no. no. The, there's so many stories we could tell oh, about BJ. Lord. Uh, Larry and I had had left the hotel we were in. I think we were all at the Holiday Inn that first year, and we're just kind of walking around. And we come up to this traffic light. We were looking for some place to go for dinner, and this group of kids came up to the light waiting to go across to and and they're just loud and obnoxious you know like teenagers can be and larry kind of leans into me and goes i'm very uncomfortable <laughs> and i looked at larry i said what do you think is going to happen here they're not gonna they're not gonna mess with anybody you know even even if they were the kinds of kids that were they're gonna yeah. pick a better target than some guy that's like six foot six 285 pounds not going to yeah. happen. And on that same note, uh, a number of years later, I was at one of the. You remember Smile Software? I think I don't even know if they're still around. Smile they're Software not. had a, had a party, and uh, Elisa was there. Elisa Paselli was there, and Vicky Stokes was there. And I don't remember if you were there, Tim. But it was yeah, at the this, Smile on My Mac party. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. But it was the the party was like in the middle of nowhere as far as San Francisco goes. And when we came out of the club, we, we waited for a little bit in front of the club, but we couldn't find a taxi. So we, we started to walk down this street and it's completely dark. And there's all you can see are the shapes of people moving around. And the darker it got, the closer Elisa <coughs> and Vicky came to either side of me. And Elisa actually said something along the lines of, you're our bodyguard. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. And didn't you dress um, up? Didn't you dress up as a, a bodyguard at Alison Sheridan's do? Yeah, there yeah. was there was one year. It was uh, Julie Keel, Barry Falk. I I can't remember the name of the other guy and myself. I had shirts made up. That uh, was said, it Shadwell? You know, was it Paul Shadwell? Yes, yes, Paul yeah. Shadwell. That was the last year, wasn't it? Because I wasn't at that expo. No, it was. I want to say it was like 2009, 2010. You were there yeah. because there's pictures of you and you and me standing next to each other. Oh, and that was at that you bar. have like this really weird look on your face. Yeah, yeah the that's bar my, that that's was my natural resting face, by the way. Well, usually around me, at least. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that bar, right? Like in the Sony thing. Yeah, in the metronome. metronome. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that place was called. Um, the last one, it was just Tim and me. And when we used to leave, the cheapest flights that you could get <laughs> was always the red eye flight. I've never seen anybody so uncomfortable in my life. 
But before we even get onto the plane, we're at this, this like closed cafe and we're waiting to go to our gate to get onto the plane. And we just had like, it was like coffee or, or maybe Tim had a Mountain Dew or something along those lines. And Gaz and I on the podcast had started doing, I think this was like the last time you went, uh, Tim, we had started doing bumpers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Show. Oh my and God. I know what you're talking I was, about now. I was talking to Tim about it and it was like, you know, we're having trouble coming up with, with funny bumpers for the, for the, my Mac podcast. And Tim was like, Oh, I can rail off about 15 or 20 of those. And so we're sitting there and we start going back and forth with bumpers and they're just becoming more and more outrageous the farther that we're going. And at some point we can't even finish saying we're, la- we're, we're laughing, laughing so, so hard. hard. We're so tired it, from the long X. It's like 1130 at night. It was. And we, and we, we bumped our flight, day. didn't we? We bumped our flight and we were flying out together. Yes. Yeah. Cause it, I used to go, I used to go either to Michigan and then I would drive from Michigan home or I would go to Ohio where I have right. a, a buddy that lives and I drive home from there, which always made my wife crazy. So why don't you just go from D.C.? Is it uh, reasons. So but the, the funny part wasn't that we were laughing so hard about these bumpers. It was the two San Francisco policemen that were on the other side of the cafe that were just eyeballing us like crazy, trying to figure out if we were on drugs, if we were drunk, or if and, and, and how the hell we got through security with this obviously poor attitude. <laughs> toward, and, and again, a lot half the time we would just be like, and then guesses. <laughs> and that would be and that would be about as far as we could go. But when you're riffing back and forth like that. You don't even have to finish it, and the other person is yeah. laughing really hard. Yeah. yeah, and of course, then there's all the stories with with BJ, which could probably take up a whole another half hour. And he was only there for two years. Yeah, two years. he's he was a character. He tried calling me like four times in the last week. I always know it's him because it's FaceTime audio from four four. So he calls me at him. work, and well, I can't I can't talk to him. It, it's a whole conversation. Half the time he's drunk and um i will say this about larry your your uh, brother yeah larry stutters yes and so well a, so do i uh well larry's brilliant he really is yeah. most people don't know how smart larry really is he's got and, he's got a rated iq of like 185 yeah i think, he's, I think he's i'm brilliant. just gonna jump in and just pause you there because i think david's got a a point to 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 end his uh his, his little time with us my family is COVID positive and they need feeding. So uh, I do need to go. Okay, we're going to end this. We're going to end <laughs> this. I'll just wrap up with the Larry one real quick. I wanted to get Larry on the show, but he didn't. He was uncomfortable talking because he didn't want to stutter on the show. And I understood yeah. that. So I came up with, I thought, a, a perfect idea to get him on. Because we were doing the MyMac video stuff from the expo, remember? Yes. And so I would be on the mic with him talking about (laughs) what we saw at the show. And every time he would try, I would solicit his opinion. I wouldn't let him talk. So I would say, so I'm here with Larry Grinnell. And and I remember the microphone had broke or something because the audio is not great. Yeah. I'm here with Larry Grinnell and Larry, you know, Steve Jobs unveiled this. What do you think? And then the moment he starts talking, 
well, I would pull the mic back really fast, <laughs> completely oblivious. Well, I think, you know, Larry, that's blah, blah, blah. And then what do you think about this? And he'd start and then I'd pull the mic and I did it like three times. Yeah. And then, and this is Tim at the MyMac or at the uh, Macworld Expo for MyMac.com. And then the camera zooms up onto Larry and he just gives this Larry like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's it still was, there in, in your, in your feed somewhere. Yeah. Well, it's in the MyMac on the MyMac page on Facebook. Yeah. That I, I love that segment. His, his expression at the end is just, you couldn't direct right. someone to do it any better. It was just, and we came up with a whole bit in literally 30 seconds if because that. I wanted him. Yeah. If that, I wanted him on there, but he really was self-conscious about how, you know, maybe stuttering. So I thought, well, this is what we'll do. I'll ask you a question, but I won't actually let you answer anything. And <laughs> I want you to look a little frustrated, like what the hell? And then I'm going to end it and walk away and I think you were on the cameras, guy. I think yeah. you were the. And then and I said, and guy, just zoom up on Larry, and Larry just give this perplexed look. Like, it was what the perfect. hell just happened. And it it was, was we did it one take. It was perfect, just perfect. Loved it. Well, we've been going on for for quite a bit and have gone so far afield from where we'd actually begun. But that is not unusual for the MyMac.com podcast or for Tim and David, for that matter. Uh, well, we, we, st we usually stick to uh, an hour. I, I'm usually a pretty much a hard out because um, I don't want to overstay my welcome, if you will. Uh, and we yeah. kind of run out of steam. We're like, okay, we hit our topics. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, to our heads are on our microphones. You know, I will say this about the MyMac podcast. Um, yeah, I started it many, many years ago. It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist now if it wasn't for you guys. It's definitely your show. But that being said, I've told David this in the past, and and he's agreed. If you guys decided, you know what, we we just don't really feel like doing this anymore. And life's changed, and we're going to move on, and we're gonna we're gonna walk away from the show. Uh, the MyMac podcast would not end. Uh, no, tech fan, tech fan would end. That's what would end. And David and I would just be doing what we do currently. But it would be the the mymac.com podcasts tech fan somehow in there maybe, but it would this show isn't going to go away if you guys ever left. So if you both are hit by a bus on the same day, the mymac show continues. It, well, one I'm going to I'm gonna watch your feed that for can be arranged. Buses. <laughs> <laughs> Gaz is making plans now. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, here's 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 the thing, and I've I've said this to get to to Gaz, and I've said it on the show many times. Uh, Gaz and I are the longest running hosts of the MyMac podcast by far, by far, by I'm far. Close, yeah. But it's not our show. We don't own the show. You own the show, and I, I, I yeah, I, but I, I, I make I, that distinction not because. I'm trying to assign blame or anything along those lines. It's, it's that Tim pays the hosting fees. <laughs> he does. You do. You do. Uh, I, I always want to acknowledge the fact that if it wasn't for you, I would probably not be podcasting. I probably wouldn't have bought all these microphones. So yeah, that, that, that that's part on of it's on you. That's, that's definitely on you. I think you're, I think podcasting for both of you guys is your calling. Um, the conversation that you guys have transcends the topics of the day. And that's why people listen to the show. We, 
it transcends what we originally meant to talk about half the well, time. But that's, that's kind of when it gets moment. good. When, when <laughs> I'm listening to you guys and I can hear it going off the rails from what the plan was, Everyone. that's when it gets interesting to yes. me. Yes. <laughs> I agree. And I, can, and I can tell with you guys as well that I can hear it in your voices sometimes. You're like, I have no idea how we got here, but I'm glad we did. Yeah. Gaz, yeah. what is the one thing that you have to say to me every single week? Especially during your snippets. Uh, <laughs> will you let me finish? Exactly. <laughs> I should probably say that to David more often because he sometimes gets the same, keeps going and going. I'm like, take a breath. <laughs> take a breath. I got to make a note to talk about something when you're done talking for the next eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's fun though, isn't it? Good. Yeah, it, it, is. Is. What, it is. What a great it medium is. this is. Just people getting together, talking and... Yeah. Let's hope it finds an audience, but I don't know about you guys. For me, I don't really care. No. Well, I never have. have. Thought, who would have thought 30 years ago, let's go back 30 years, that <laughs> the average person with a relatively small investment would be able to have a video channel, would be able to have an audio channel, and be able to put all of this stuff out, whether or not he's got one listener or 10,000 listeners. It's, you know, the the... The, the cost to entry is negligible yeah. these days. And with free hosting pretty, pretty much everywhere, uh, especially with video. Well, look it, how many people started podcasting when we did, Guy. And how many of them are still doing it? A lot of them aren't. I would say 99.9% .9 of them are not yep. doing it anymore. Podfit. Uh, yeah, well, that's what we gave it. That We, we named it that years and years ago. Podfade that they start out strong and then go smear gone. Yep. Um, and some of them are great shows, but the thing is, if you don't have anything to say, you're not going to last long. If you don't no. enjoy doing it, if what you're doing is dependent upon how many advertisers you can get and how many or downloads how money. you're getting, yeah. um, you're doing you're gonna it. Fail. You're going to fail a hundred percent of the time. I've never, I never did podcasting for the money. And to be honest, when you you look back at the history of the show, Guy, I, I remember you and I sitting in a crowd where we were standing there while a bunch of podcasters, Mac podcasters, are up on the stage talking about how can how you have monetize. advertising? How, how do you make money on podcasts? And I don't know if you can. And you leaning in towards me going, we, we have ads and stuff. We're making money. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't invite us on the stage because – We've always done our own thing, me more so than you. Um, I've never been, hey, let's go join that crowd over there, and I want to hang out with those guys. I've always just done my own thing. I was never the big partier at, at Macworld Expos. When the showroom closed, I was at the hotel editing articles, editing pictures, editing the audio, and getting them uploaded. Um, it was this, which was important to me. Yeah, It wasn't being in the in crowd. I didn't give a shit what other people were doing. I didn't start this podcast initially hoping that I would make friends with other people that were also doing it. I didn't give a shit about that. I didn't care the coverage that they were getting or giving. Macworld was named after Macworld Magazine, and we consistently in the last seven years of the event, eight years of the event, had way better coverage than Macworld Expo than they ever did. It wasn't even close. Nobody we had ever like had nine, as much. Ten people. We had nine, ten people from my Mac there. 
Yeah. We just did our own thing and we had fun doing it. We didn't care what other people were doing. We would dominate like like two tables. Oh, yeah. Two tables in the press room. We'd make people angry at us. Like, look, they got all the tables over there. Yeah. We got a lot of people here. Have more people. In fact, anyway. at one point, they started to try to say, remember, Paul Kent said they were only going to let one person in per organization. Remember that? Yeah. How and I, we, we blew them up on a the podcast. They changed their mind. Can I, can I just say, we've, we've, had, um, we've had a comment from Troy in, in Facebook, and I'd just like to oh. read it because I think you'll like this guy. Well, you probably yep. will as well, Tim. He says, I like the MyMac podcast because there's no backstory. <laughs> I I can I can miss like five episodes and I haven't missed a crucial plot point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the point. That's, that is the point. Uh, Tim, when when you're not on the MyMac live podcast that we never do, where can people find you and what else do you do? Uh, well, I will sell you a new Toyota. I do that. Yeah. Or or uh, will you? Well, I'll sell you a piece of paper for 500 bucks and promise to sell you one eventually. How about that? <laughs> yeah. um, I do the Tech Fan Podcast with David every week or every other week. And then the weeks that we're not doing Tech Fan, we do the Geeks Pub, which initially was we would drink heavily and talk about geeky stuff. But I do it at 730 on Sunday morning and Julie generally wouldn't Can't really drink. Yeah. No. Plus, when I drink a lot, I just want to go to sleep anyway. So <laughs> probably, probably would be kind of a boring episode. Um, and then I'm just, you know, uploading stuff for this show and a couple others and, you know, it's fun. Still, still slogging along, keep every now and then coming up with ideas of doing something at mymac.com and just haven't done anything in a long time. Okay. What about you guys? Well, I'm here. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'm here with you guy every week. Although no, I'm sorry. Although, well, you should apologize. It, it's your, but although I kind of feel good because you often say it's your therapy session. And if, I, if I'm doing some good in the world, it's making you a better person, then I'll stick with that. That'll, that'll, that'll do it for me. That'll Thumbs up. Me. The only problem is for the next few weeks, I'm not going to be about. So you're going to be, you're going to be on edge like this. So. Well, next week, of course. Do you, do you is... want me to play the music? Do you want me to play the music and tell them where they can find me? Is sure. That is that what you're aiming for? Are you not in your head? <laughs> I'm not going to play okay. that. So you can you can send an email to Gaz G A Z, Gaz at mymac.com or on the Twitter's twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz G A Z M A Z Gaz. Or you can contact both Guy and myself on the Twitters twitter.com forward slash guy and gaz g-y g-a-z yes. or you can send an email to feedback f-w-e-d-b-a-c-k at mymac.com there you go that's where you can find me if you would like to find like to find out more about me for whatever your crazy ass reason is I can be found you can send me an email to guy at mymac.com. Oh, there they go. There they go. I tell you, the bane of my existence is that movie Free Guy right there. <laughs> bane of my existence. Uh, you can also find me on the Twitters. I am both Mac Parrot and <laughs> Vert Shark. There we go. Over there on the Twitters. And we have a Skype telephone number, Gaz. Do it quickly. Okay, 703. 
436-9501 with a one or a plus one. That number again is one or plus one outside the United States, 707-436-9501. Or if a one or a zero or a plus is a problem for you, and it apparently is for some people, you can just go right to the Skype application and dial 703-436-9501. And I would like to say for everyone who has made it through this extra super long episode, thank you. Thank you so very, very much for joining us for 715, 615 episodes. A crap ton of episodes of the mighty, mighty MyMac.com podcast. We greatly appreciate it. And Gaz, I would like to say that this week, especially mostly because, you know, Tim and David were here, that we were good enough. And that mostly because Tim and David were here, we were smart enough. And that Wolf, 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 gone it. People like us. But there's One. no... One dad joke, and then I'll end it. Okay, go ahead. So, Guy, yeah. if, you see, if you see a crime happen in an Apple store, what does that make you? I don't know. An eyewitness. End. <sighs> Get out of here now. Go on. Go on home and uh, I go home. <laughs>